Welcome to Positive Disintegration Podcast. This episode, we're joined by filmmaker Mark Smolowitz to celebrate gifted, talented, neurodiverse awareness week. We're talking storytelling, intensity, intersectionality, trauma, empowerment, and joy. Hold on to your hats, because we're talking about the G Word film. Hey, wonderful listeners, welcome back to another episode of Positive Disintegration, a framework for becoming your authentic self. I'm your host, Emma Nicholson, and with me is Chris Wells. Hello, Chris. Hello, Emma. Nice to see you again. You too. Yeah, and uh, we've just passed our one-year birthday as well, which is exciting. It is exciting. Hooray. Thanks, listeners, for keeping us going. Yes, and for your support and your feedback, um, it's always great to read your emails and hear your comments as well. That's right. It's so great. Oh my gosh. I, the podcast has definitely exceeded my expectations. It's been great. We've had a lot of interesting guests, covered a lot of ground and it's kind of a celebration for us, um, which is a bit apt because uh, we're also talking about gifted, talented and neurodiverse awareness week, which is a celebration in itself. That's right. That's true. And we're excited to have Mark Smolowitz with us tonight. Mark Smolowitz is a multi-award winning director, producer, and executive producer who's been significantly involved in over 50 independent films. He's received numerous awards and nominations. Mark is currently in post-production on The G Word, which is a feature-length documentary that aims to be the most comprehensive film ever made on the topics of gifted, talented, and neurodiverse education across the US. The film asks the urgent equity question. In the 21st century, who gets to be gifted in America and why? Welcome, Mark. We're really happy to have you. Thank you, Emma. Thank you, Chris. I'm really happy to be here with you tonight. So, Mark, I remember meeting you for the first time at NAGC in 2018, and it's because my friend Tamara Grady was on a panel with you, and you were talking about the G word, And it's hard to believe that that was four years ago, but I remember being so blown away by the clips you showed from the movie and just, I don't know, just feeling so, I'm trying to think of what the right word was or what the right word is to capture. Like it really felt amazing to see giftedness captured in a film like that. And just, Mm -hmm. it was so powerful. And because you were dealing with, you know, we were talking about, like trans issues and it just was so beyond anything that I'd ever seen in the gifted field to that point. It was amazing. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's hard to believe that that was four years ago. I think with the pandemic and how that has affected our sense of time, I can, you know, everything sort of feels like, you know, pre pandemic pandemic and now whatever we're in, you know, at this moment. Um, But yes, the, uh, you know, being at NAGC that year in the fall of 2018 was an extremely important moment for the movie and the entire enterprise around the movie. Um, we met at a workshop that I gave that was on LGBTQ issues, and I sort of focused on the trans characters that are in my documentary, Elon and Church. And it was a, you know, a really wonderful session, right, to kind of, you know, really center trans voices in giftedness and that sort of intersectionality. 
And I could feel it in the room. I could feel how it was resonating with people that um, this was this was timely. This felt like what people were noticing in the field, in their lives, in their work, in their families, in their schools, and in their communities. Um, there was a woman that came up to me at the end who, um, at the time, I, I think she's still there. She may have moved on, but she worked at the Grayson School, which is kind of in Metro Philadelphia. And she came up to me and what she wanted to talk about was how important it was for her to be in a workshop like this as an educator and hear from a filmmaker who was so willing to talk about pronouns, for example, right? And to support that discussion and willing to talk about, you know, who uses which bathrooms and why <laughs> and to support that discussion. And she was doing the deep and important work of trying to advocate for those discussions in her school, in her gifted school. And so just, you know, highlighting that, you know, these are students who are in our classrooms, right? People from all these different beautiful identities and communities that are kind of occupying spaces in the 21st century. Um, they're all gifted and they're all in our classrooms. <laughs> and so it behooves educators in every kind of school to lean into that and be real about that. And um, and sort of strip out the politics, right? And just really understand who's in the room, and let's let's you know support and encourage um, who's in the room to uh, become their full you know fully realized self. And if giftedness is a part of that, their equation, their journey, like we have to encourage that. We have to uh, we have to you know discover that. We have to you know create conditions that you know help these young people you know get on a trajectory with their you know their potential. And their opportunity for potential. So, um, so that's been the message of the movie all along. And you know, these events um, are where I have you know been able to kind of build those relationships where other people kind of get it. Right? Snap! The you know the light bulb goes off, and and they're really um, excited how the movie and the movement that we're trying to support around the movie brings together identity and giftedness into the same conversation. So, so I. I guess I'll, you know, sort of highlight that one of the ways I talk about the movie in a lot of different ways. And, you know, you introduced it by, you know, asking that equity question, which has been one of my main inquiries, who gets to be gifted, right, in America and why. And I think it can be in America, it can be almost anywhere, you know, it's just, it's just centering that equity conversation around giftedness. But another tagline or another descriptor that I use is so a polyvocal meditation on giftedness and identity. So, so yeah, so we have six stories and they highlight all these different beautiful expressions of identity and giftedness. And one of them is trans, you know? And that was extremely important to me to have that kind of um, in inclusive representation in the six stories. And, and each, each, story, each story also has a lot going on with neurodiversity, twice and thrice exceptionality. Um, these are all in every story, um, but there's all different sort of aspects of race, gender, sex, class, and um, what I call zip code, right? So where you live or where you were born or where you've grown up and gone to school really informs um, all your relationship to all this stuff around you know, giftedness um, and, and how you will sort of uh, access those things or not, right? So, so yeah, I mean, I love that we met at that workshop um, and you know, now we're you know, much more deeply involved with each other and you became one of our partners. And here I am on your podcast, and we're here to talk about GTN Awareness Week. And, and I guess what I'll say about that is that 
you know, we're, we're not just a movie. Um, we're supporting a movement around the movie. So one of the things I am also, in addition to being a filmmaker, is an impact producer. And that word impact is a huge part of my job. It's a huge part of my commitment to this kind of storytelling. And, um, you know, impact about all kinds of important topics and issues. I mean, I've made movies about lots of different topics, you know, reflecting the concerns of lots of different communities. But here in the gifted communities, you know, we've created this beautiful partnership network from, you know, groups around the globe that have joined with us and are on this journey together and kind of like what we're doing. And they kind of clicked with it and understand that identity and equity and these ideas and how they relate to giftedness are really such an important conversation to be having. It's very powerful. And one of the things that I love about what you're doing is that you're really challenging the stereotypes around giftedness because there are so many stereotypes of what it means. And, you know, it generally has to do with achievement. And so, yeah, what you're doing is, I think it's wonderful. And the end, I love how you have created this partnership network and just invited so many other voices to be a part of the work. I feel like I haven't been the best partner because I just, you know, I haven't participated in any of your meetings yet. And they just always happen at a bad time for me, like at a, a point where I almost always have to meet with somebody else at that time, you know, sure. just because of where it lands in the day for me. But that doesn't mean that, you know, my heart isn't in it and I'm, I'm with you and I'm, we're excited to have you with us. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the nature of partnership is that, you know, I think in any meaningful partnership, you sort of, you, you drop in when you can, right. You sort of participate when it makes sense. Um, it's a no pressure network and the, the folks in the organizations that have, you know, more bandwidth are, you know, sometimes showing up for more meetings and doing more hands-on, you know, collaborations, but but we feel everyone's engagement and support. And, you know, it's it's a wonderful thing. Just being on this podcast with you tonight is a gesture of, you know, a virtuous gesture of support. And so it's there's so many ways to be in partnership around around giftedness and this movie. And um, yeah, and I mean, for me, I've, you know, I've, you know, read a lot about positive disintegration and Dabrowski. So I'm just excited to be here to even sort of you know, lean into that part of the conversation. I, I feel like a lot of the stories in the movie are fairly exemplar of, you know, positive disintegration and those parts of of the work that both of you are so passionate about. And and so it's not as if the movie is going to kind of walk you through Dabrowski's theory, per se, um, because I think no one movie can do all things to all people, right? There's so many interesting verticals within giftedness, right, that really are, you know, so, so, so important. And hopefully what the movie can do is be a con convening opportunity for communities to come together and talk about those, the things that are everyone's interested in and excited about and thinking about. So, so I, I'm excited for the six stories to create those opportunities, those points of entry. Um, you know, not everyone will exactly see themselves in the G word, but, but one of the reasons the movie's called the G word is that we're all making it up, right? We're all creating it in our in our life and in our work and whatever that looks like for you hopefully hopefully it'll be in conversation with the, with the movie when it's done and and our partners seem excited about what we're trying to create because i think you know we're focused on storytelling first and foremost and yet, yes i highlight our impact efforts and there is a social change component to that but but at the end of the day we're a storytelling endeavor right we're about giving voice to these things and isn't that just a, you know, pretty fun way to come together around something at the end of the day? You know, it's stripped of politics. Hopefully it can be very welcoming and, 
And I really, you know, I try to think about the movie and what we're doing. A metaphor I use a lot is I, I try to create this sense that the movie is like a room and the room is, is, is warm and welcoming and it has open doors and open windows and lots of light coming in and, and different kinds of groups with different perspectives can, are welcome to join us in, in, in this really creative journey of, of bringing these stories to the mainstream, you know, together. And, and as such, there'll be, you know, there'll be just differing opinions about giftedness. I, I hope, the, I think the movie is going to be able to sort of give audiences that sense of openness and, that this is just a century of possibilities for all this stuff. Mike, you just said that, you know, storytelling is a fun way to bring these issues out and to start discussion about it. Um, I, I think it's actually probably the most critical way because as you and Chris both touched on, there are stereotypes around, you know, giftedness. Um, and one way to break stereotypes is to tell individual stories and, uh, sort of smash those stereotypes to say, well, this is what giftedness means for those particular individuals. But also from a Dabrowski perspective, you know, if we're looking at developing empathy uh, as mm -hmm. part of our way to connect with others, what better way to develop empathy for others um, and to start that whole thing of subject object thinking of, of seeing others as a subject than to do it through story, you know, rather than mm -hmm. just throwing facts on a screen, you know, it's probably the most critical mechanism of letting people share who they are through story. I couldn't agree more. Um, and it's one of the kind of tentpole, you know, beliefs of my work, right, is that storytelling belongs to everyone. And, you know, we all have our stakeholders in it. Um, and every community, as we, you know, as we kind of create opportunities for people to, at, you know, at the grassroots level, really engage with storytelling. We see them. We see people, you know, on a journey whereby they they change. They change their perspective and moving from the individual to the collective um, in that in that milieu of storytelling is also something we really try to support. And and so the movie, through our impact endeavors, creates lots of points of engagement, lots of different types of opportunities for people to contribute their voices. And and here. At, you know, this weekend I'm in Southern California um, where I'm attending a conference and I'm doing three sessions and storytelling is, is kind of woven into all of it, right? And, you know, my first session is about sort of trauma and giftedness and how trauma and empowerment and identity and giftedness are kind of in these really dynamic relationships with each other um, and sort of how I'm bringing, bringing that into the movie. And that's sort of, you know, you know, the main part point of presentation one. The second one is really about how that kind of storytelling doesn't just belong to me as the filmmaker, it actually belongs to everyone who wants to undertake it. And so I teach um, my participants exercises, like things that they can do, that they can bring into classrooms, that they can bring into their own lives to empower, um, empower themselves to find their voice or help others find their voice in all this. And then, you know, in this milieu of trauma that giftedness is so really embedded in, um, you know, one of the things that we landed on this year for our GTN Awareness Week is this sort of theme called, it's a hashtag gifted joy, right? So just for your listeners who may not be familiar, um, so the G Word Documentary Enterprise as part of our impact work, um, last year we hosted our first annual GTN Awareness Week. So Gifted, Talented, Neurodiverse Awareness Week. And 
2021, in October, it was wildly successful. It just kind of blew us away. It was, it, we had so much interest. I mean, I think in part, people were still so, you know, virtual in the pandemic that they were looking for really, you know, important ways to keep those connections going in the fall of 2021. But, but we had more than 2,000 people register from 16 countries for nine hours of of reprogramming over five days and it was it was amazing and we and and that that programming is available on our website and it's an archive and it's always there and i really you know invite people to go to our website and check out last year's archive because there's great sort of evergreen content there that you can connect with and some of it has to do with storytelling some of it has to do with verticals of communities within giftedness so we have a focus on latinx voices we had an amazing queer and lgbtq plus panel that just it was multi-generational it had different generations you know in conversation with each other um that was quite an amazing night um and yeah, so these different kind of tentpole subjects, right, that are very evergreen, that this year we decided to do a little bit, little bit differently and come up with a theme. And we decided to kind of work with our advisors and partners to create programming together. And oh my God, it's incredible what everyone came up with. So we have this great slate of, of different types of workshops and topics that are less kind of gifted 101 subject matter or, you know, introduction to diversity, equity, and inclusion within gifted, which is a lot of what we did last year. It's uh, very specific in some instances, like, you know, and and because the theme or the prompt or the invitation was to let's celebrate, let's, uh, let's, you know, let's lean into this idea of hashtag gifted joy, or more pointedly, let's, let's bring joy and equity into focus, right? So the movie is about equity and giftedness. That's a huge, you know, thing that we're centering, but and and in that equity exploration, we see trauma, we see, you know, challenges, you know, for gifted and twice exceptional folks and neurodiverse folks. And and as I've been giving, you know, talks and working on this movie and seeing how the community, you know, is developing and, and you know, using these different tools like storytelling, you know, there's you know, there's only so much trauma that people can sit with, right? You know, there's there's trauma is a phenomenon whereby you can really get stuck, right? And that is a very, you know, important piece of trauma, right? That, you know, to break out of it can be very, very, very hard for folks. And, and it's really, I think, community that can be a way out of that sense of being stuck. You know, this, this sense of moving from the individual narrative to the communal narrative or the individual narrative to the collective narrative. And for me, one of my, one of my sort of things I've been highlighting the last couple of years is how trauma and empowerment are sort of, you know, two sides of the same coin, especially in these gifted spaces. And so you cannot talk without one or the other, right? And that these empowerment narratives are critical for people. But I was realizing that the empowerment narrative is, you know, is often an individual narrative. It's a singular person's narrative. And and what we wanted to try to start supporting was more of this communal narrative, this more of this collective narrative. And that's when I landed on the concept of like, joy <laughs> like we have to come around to joy so in some ways you know um, trauma empowerment and joy are like this three-legged stool this that's the visual i've been you know using lately where they kind of all prop each other up and they can sort of stay in conversation with each other and the joy piece is really the communal piece the collective piece and and we're seeing people grab hold of it and i i sort of liken it to lgbtq you know pride month right 
Like we as queer people, like, you know, one month out of the year, we get to love ourselves unconditionally and publicly and emphatically and, and celebrate each other and our, in all of our beauty, complexness and diversity. And that's our month. And it's because 11 months out of the rest of 11 months, we don't get to do that. And a lot of times it can be really hard to be a queer person in any country and where you feel targeted and there's so much stigma and shame, right? So so why can't the gifted, talented, and neurodiverse communities have a week? One week. We don't need a month. <laughs> Let's start with a week and let people come together in the spirit of joy and celebration, much like, like, like you know, Queer Pride Month. But, you know, come out of the closet as gifted. You can do it. You're safe here. And uh, we, can, we can have some celebration. So, and I think uh, to your point, Emma, storytelling is a huge way that we celebrate. It's because storytelling is about everyone's voices and all the diversity of voices in the communities that we're, that we're celebrating. That three-legged stool uh, analogy really sort of grabbed me because you're, we're talking in essence about the components of, of healing, dealing with the trauma um, getting empowerment and then experiencing joy on the other side and through storytelling mm-hmm. like it, you you'd know as a filmmaker you know Joseph Campbell Tolkien talked about even seeing or reading someone else's journey can help take you through that process absolutely absolutely I mean storytelling as a you know, it's been the way that I have healed myself through my own personal traumas and I've had many and, you know, one of the things I often share is that, you know, it's my personal experiences with trauma, the things that I have also faced that I think was one of the reasons I felt I was the right filmmaker to actually, you know, try to help tell these stories and kind of shine a light on them in a way that was actually kind of useful. Um, and I'm ha- really happy that my three-legged stool, you know, visual resonates with you because I do feel like so often what we're trying to do as storytellers is really help find words to explain things that are hard to explain to other people or find images that are hard, that are helpful to sort of, you know, explain things to, to people. And, and I do that a lot as a filmmaker, right. But, but with giftedness, like that's all that folks in the gifted community are sort of charged with, right. <laughs> so helping this strange, unknowable concept called giftedness, like makes sense to all everyone, everyone who's outside of it, trying to like, you know, not prejudge it. Right. And and the movie, if we do anything well, I hope we have to be a great movie. We have to mostly make a very good movie. The movie hopes to be in conversation with the mainstream about precisely that. Right. This is not what you think it is. This is there's more going on here than what you think. And it doesn't always look and behave and sound like you think. And it's not just this white male cisgender affluent high achieving narrative. Right. It just can't be. Um, And, you know, on the one hand, I, I really do. You know, I agree with you that it, part of my you know interest is in combating those stereotypes but but I'll you know I'll go on a limb here and I'll say you know I think there are just some really high achieving people out there in fact you know this movie really believes that like there are smart high achieving people but more often than not those are the kinds of folks that are propped up and have resources right and I'm a social justice storyteller like I'm really interested in in you know giving voice to things that we need to, you know, support to bring to the forefront for disenfranchised folks. And, you know, you know, where are the black and brown and poor, you know, kids in the gifted conversation, right? And the neurodiverse kids and the twice exceptional kids and, and adults, right? And if we could have those people be in the conversation, think of the societal benefit. I always use that as one of my important things I highlight is that this is about the benefit that we could all see in a very challenging century. If we could help people be met where they are 
to discover their gifts, whatever that narrative might look like for each individual, uh, think of the societal benefit. If there were more people on a trajectory of, of, of potential and opportunity. And, you know, and I sort of hesitating, I hesitate to use the word success, but I think whatever that individual person's success version of success can look like for them, um, you know, think of, think of the benefits to, you know, the larger civil society. Um, it's, it's, you know, we're talking about millions of neurodiverse folks out there who need to be met where they are. And, and, and storytelling helps people, you know, empathize, like you say, it helps them, you know, see people who are different from themselves. And, and, you know, I try, I try to do that with, you know, the people in my film sort of being a part of that process. I try to set up a real virtuous collaborative relationship with the people who are in the six stories in my movie. And, you know, I, I really believe that it's not my job just to show up and throw cameras at people and, you know, document them in this, you know, sort of, you know, fly on the wall kind of ways if I'm not how somehow mediating that relationship, you know, you know, we filmed one of our stories on a Native American reservation, you know, there are power relationships, there are very real things that happen when a white filmmaker shows up um, at, you know, on a Native reservation to film. And, you know, it's important incumbent upon me to be thinking about those things and to be, you know, very transparent about those things and understand that there are authorship implications. So, so I hope I'm, you know, I'm bringing that, that sense of, you know, inclusion into, you know, that's why I chose to do this movie with six stories. You know, some filmmakers would think I'm crazy. <laughs> so many stories in one movie, but I, I, I felt it was extremely important that there be urban, suburban and rural voices and that there be different communities in the room and that the great diversity of our nation, you know, be in the room. So, so yeah, it's gonna be six stories and I'm really excited to see how collectively they, are, they kind of share one larger story. I'm excited to see them too. And, you know, I don't mean to switch tack on you abruptly, Please. but I'm wondering, you know, just like talking about trauma mm -hmm. makes me want to ask you, you know, about your own experience of positive disintegration, because, you know, so often I think they go hand in hand. I know for me, you know, trauma more than once in my life was absolutely like the cause of a an intense period of disintegration for me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm just wondering if you want to share it all with our listeners, you know, what positive disintegration means to you, or I usually ask people to talk about when they were introduced to Dabrowski's theory, but feel free to talk about this stuff any way you want. Sure. I mean, I have, you know, I've, I've obviously, you know, been introduced to Dabrowski and this has come up a lot because I'm making this movie about giftedness, right? And, and this is a vertical of, of interest within research, and it, it it's a very powerful one, and it and it resonates with me because it's very aligned with you know my own story. Um, you know, my experiences with trauma um, are sort of preconscious and um, begin with my DNA and in my cells. Um, my mother and my grandparents were all Holocaust survivors from Poland. They moved to after the Holocaust. They moved to Israel in 1950, and then to the United States in 1956. And there's no way that I'm separate from the sort of traumatic events that happened to you know, my mother and my grandparents who were survivors of that genocide, right? Um, and you know, the way that I put a finer point on it for people is, is actually to sort of you know, share the numbers, right? So there were 3 million Jews in Poland before World War II. And then after the war, there were 30,000 Jews in World War II. Three of those 30,000 Jews were my mother, my grandmother, and my grandfather. And so if those kinds of numbers don't give a, you know, a young Jewish kid a sense of purpose, I don't know what does, right? Um, and, you know, even 
you know, in terms of more intensity to it, um, my my grandmother and my grandfather used to call them Bubby and Zadie. They had 18 siblings between the two of them, and all of them had husbands and wives, and all of them had children, and they all perished in concentration camps. So there's a huge, you know, sort of looming cloud, right, over sort of the, you know, the generations that came right before me. And that, you know, that lives in my body, that's in my cells, right? And so that's the kid that started growing up in the United States in this position of privilege, right? Largely middle class, very bright gifted kid I was. And, you know, I've talked about this before, you know, with, with other folks is that, you know, for me, you know, my giftedness emerged in, you know, really positive attributes that were very external, like leadership and the arts and, and those kinds of gifted behaviors and expressions and very, very high achieving, very, very good at school, very good at everything, you know, everything I, I could get my hands on, really. I mean, I was a smart freaking kid. And, you know, we used to have this joke in my family that everything Mark touched turns to gold, you know, and there were just things, you know, certain aspects of just so-called excellence that came easy for me. And, but then there were, you know, as I got older, you know, I, I really attribute a lot of this to this sort of Holocaust narrative in my family. And this is not any pressure that my mother and grandparents ever placed upon me because it was always talked about in a really open and supportive way. But I started to internalize like a perfectionism narrative that really impacted my journey in very deep and profound ways, especially as I got older and I realized I was gay and you know, that was a huge, you know, element of my life story that is sort of tied to all this stuff with positive disintegration. Um, much later in my life, I became HIV positive and I almost died of AIDS twice. That was learned a lot about myself and, you know, that very traumatic period of my life. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't face a really significant terminal illness the way that I did and and not look, you know, look at yourself pretty deeply in the mirror, you know, and come out the other side. Um so yeah, there have been aspects of my life story that have uh, that have really prepared me to tell these stories. Um, you know, and one of the things I I often say is that I don't know why I'm that guy that can do this. You know, I I'm I'm one of those people who has been through some pretty difficult times, and I have come out the other side stronger. And I don't know why I have that resilience. I you know I've had some pretty dark times in my life, but I've you know mostly kind of gotten through them and have come out a lot stronger. And, and I don't think, you, you know, I wish resilience was a medication that we could just give people, you know, and sort of hope for the best. And, um, but as we know, trauma and all of these complex feelings around healing from trauma, it's not a lights on lights off phenomenon. And, you know, you just, it's much more, you know, nuanced and complex than that. And, and so even when you are in a place of feeling well and your resilience uh, factor is high, Drama, trauma can really yield its its uh, complex, you know, head in your direction in moments that you least expect, right? Um, so even as I know I have some resiliency, I know I have to always be, you know, very uh, committed to taking care of myself, you know, in the face of all all the trauma that I have survived. Um, so yeah, I've had I've had my share of challenges that sort of fit in, I think, with Dabrowski's, you know theory of positive disintegration, for sure. And, um, and I think that, yeah, to sort of summarize this, my experiences with trauma, I think made me potentially the right filmmaker to make these, make this movie about giftedness, because I could be useful. You know, I, I understand what my characters have gone through. And I have a certain, I bring a certain, you know, resilience factor to it. 
Um, I mean, I will say that my own experience with gifted education was extremely affirming. Like, I, you know, it was absolutely, you know, a, a great story of a, you know, middle, middle class kid and, you know, suburban New Jersey schools and then eventually in LA schools who was met where he needed to be met in order to, you know, not, you know, get on a trajectory of potential and opportunity. And I thrived, you know, because I was pulled out and put into gifted programs a couple times a week. And, and that's a huge part of my story. And the more that I make the movie, I'm only affirmed for myself that that actually was so, um, so formative. And, and I, and I want other, other children and other adults to have that opportunity to have that, you know, formative and affirming experience with their giftedness. <laughs> Thanks so much for sharing your story with us, Mark. We really appreciate it. And it's it's heavy to come from a family where there's been so much trauma in a place where there was so much trauma. I mean, I hadn't even thought until you started talking about your family coming from Poland, you know, that mm -hmm. connection with Dabrowski, who, of course, was like trying to do his work and was coming up with this theory, you know, during World War II and ending up, you know, working at a hospital where the patients had been you know, exterminated by the Nazis a mm -hmm. decade before. And so, I mean, that kind of, I mean, it's just that kind of trauma is intense. And, and I hear you that, you know, it's, it's not something that you can separate from your own experiences to come, to have your family come through the Holocaust. One of the things I, I really honor is that, you know, I have my story and, you know, some of it's ancestral, some of it's, you know, things that have happened to me during my own lifetime. And what I'm mindful is, is that, you know, any person that you might meet or encounter has their own story, right? We all meet each other, you know, in the moment, and we bring that entire set of accumulated ancestral memories and experiences and our own lived experience and memories and experiences um, to that moment when we meet someone. And I think it, you know, behooves us to actually kind of give each other a break and understand that trauma, you know, is potentially always in the room. Right. And to take what they call a trauma informed approach to life. Right. You just never know who you might be meeting and what has happened to them that day, that week, that month, that year, you know, the prior 10 years. Right. And, you know, tomorrow when I give my talk, the first talk, which is about trauma, you know, one of the things I do is I throw up a slide and I put all the different types of potential traumatic events that we know of. And, you know, they could be things like, you know, uh, natural disasters and climate change, uh, war or, you know, combat veterans or, you know, crime or hate speech or discrimination. Like I have a whole list there. And I just say show of hands, like, and I say, how many people have experienced one or more of these things, either themselves, in their families, in their immediate communities, or like in, in people who are close to them and all hands go up. <laughs> um, and the, there's always a real consensus that, you know, one of the things that we share in the 21st century is a real proximity to traumatic events and, and the accelerated way in which those traumatic events are, are reported to us, right? And, and even if we're not, um, you know, going through something, you know, even just the news and information ecosystem that we're faced with in the 21st century can you know, be, you know, this intensely um, accelerated thing that's coming at us that also like triggers us in ways that we can't always you know make sense of vis-a-vis -vis our trauma and our own past traumas. So, so people are dealing with a lot, you know, and we just have to give each other a break sometimes. Um, and I think people more often than not have had some experience with trauma, and so we you know we can we can do each other you know a solid by taking a more trauma informed approach to how we do this work 
um, um, and sometimes and, and do any kind of work really, right? Just even even you know daily human interaction, right? And and it's hard, right? Because people come with different belief systems, and it gets very complicated. And you know we know that there's you know that and it's an extremely divisive time. But I I I'm very much a kind of glass half full sort of person. I know it's a very cliche metaphor, but I. I really, it makes my point because, you know, you know, I like, I like the glass being half full. If the glass were half empty, I probably would want to shoot myself. <laughs> so for me, again, it's about how do we explain these things, right? How do we make sense of these stories? And, you know, um, you know, Joan Didion said, you know, we tell ourselves stories in order to live, right? And it's, it's stories is how we make sense of who we are and how we explain our experience to others. And, you know, and people who are dealing with giftedness and twice exceptionality and price exceptionality and neurodiversity or, you know, trying to, you know, find the right words to make it more understandable to period. Like, you know, Dabrowski's theory, it's a viable tool for, you know, some number of people to really help explain their experience. And oh, what, a, what a gift when you find those words, <laughs> when you actually find a language for your experience and you can use those words or, or whatever words or images or stories to to share those with others. So I'm all on board storytelling. I, I think it belongs to everyone. While your glass is half full still, um, and yes. we're, ta- we're, talking, we're talking about the theory. So moving on to the second leg of your three-legged stool, which is empowerment. Like, mm-hmm. I, I see the connection there with what Nebraska talked about when you, know, you start that hierarchization process of like figuring out your own values and, and sorting out and saying, well, this is not like me this is something society's led me to believe i really believe something else like you're going through that process of figuring out who you are in preparation for you know, living to your authenticity as a filmmaker and you know, particularly in making this film have you seen like the seeds of that behavior going on because obviously you there's been a lot of trauma expressed do you see people like moving on to the next phase from that that is such a great question, Emma. I absolutely see it. I see it all the time. And that is what has made making this movie so inspiring and such a beautiful, rich, and unexpected period of work in my life. Um, I've been involved in this film in some way for, you know, significantly for six to seven years. And, and transparently, it began by way of an email that was in my inbox in 2012. <laughs> so 10 years ago was the, was the origin. Um, so and over the and we know how much the world has changed in that decade, right? And so even if you just look back at the last six years, which have really been when we've been making the film, because we did our the majority of our production was in 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, and I had to find the six stories, you know, that I was looking for to you know tell the story that I wanted to tell about giftedness. And and what I was most drawn to in those stories was you know it was a sense of hope in those stories was a sense of solutions in those stories was where and when I was seeing that sense of empowerment in the stories um, and resiliency in the stories. So, so that's really what I try to do with um, this work on the film is, is show how my characters evolve because they really were evolving in front of me. Um, Many of the stories are longitudinal over time, meaning we we follow people, you know, over a couple of years or more, and you really start to see how they're, you know, they are evolving and and on that kind of journey from trauma to something else and how the film supports that, how being involved in the movie was a part of that, you know, who, you know, one only can, can sort of imagine, but it's, it's all interconnected. And then in terms of the people and the organizations and the movement that I'm, 
been so fortunate to be involved in and supporting through our partnership network. You know, they're amazing people do amazing things in, in this gifted neurodiverse set of communities that are just um, really about moving us closer to, uh, you know, a place of healing around all this stuff. And, and sure, different professionals in different places on the map have a different set of you know, priorities or interests around, you know, what we, what we do to get there. But there is a there is a sense of we're on this journey together, and this is a movement in motion, and that and that was really exciting for me as a filmmaker to to connect with and discover and become a part of, and I think the movie is has there's a dynamic aspect to the movie because we've been following these stories during a pretty amazing time for the growth of these communities, and and I think also in against the backdrop of a very complex nation and world. <laughs> Right. It's 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 incredible um, to see how I mean, how education at large has been impacted, for example, by the pandemic. Look at it through the lens of gifted and gifted education. And you, you know, it, it, all the same challenges that become, you know, extremely specific for, you know, a very large number of people. And yeah, I mean, people are people are grabbing at empowerment narratives in, in their own ways and their own work across these communities and and we're just trying to encourage that um in the in the work that we do with our gtn awareness week by example so that's a huge part of why we landed on joy this year so so i think i i'm noticing the evolution in the community that we're trying to serve and support and i'm calling out things i'm noticing in ways i hope invite people into that conversation you know it's this is a conversation this is a, a virtuous community these are things that um are, are what we try to hope to support and develop and bring out, you know, that are already there. All the impulses are everywhere. The people who do the work in these communities are amazing. And, and you know, Chris, case in point, you know, we met four years ago and it's been such a wonderful thing watching you, you know, be on your journey and develop this podcast and all the things that you have been developing. Um, every one of our advisors and partners is, on a journey like that. And I think the empowerment narrative is a huge part of it. The healing narrative is a huge part of it. The joy narrative is one that we really want to encourage because if we, you know, to be a part of a community, like you can't just show up for trauma. We need to celebrate, we need joy. And, and I think for me, you know, I guess Emma, by way of background, you know, I, I've, uh, I've always been an activist my whole life. You know, when I was in my early twenties, I landed in San Francisco in the middle of, in the middle of the AIDS movement. And so I joined ACT UP and Queer Nation. And, you know, these were hugely defining years of my life where, you know, my community was under attack and people were dying, you know, right and left around me, which was another trauma that I lived through. So not only did I have my own AIDS story later on in my life when I got sick, I landed in a traumatic narrative in San Francisco, which was basically, you know, a graveyard <laughs> in, the, in the late 80s and early 90s. And and we, you know, we helped my generation, the Gen X queer kids that moved to San Francisco in the early 90s, we, 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 we brought life back to that graveyard and, and we did it through activism. And so that activism story has been a huge part of all of my film work. And it's really, it's really coded into my DNA. It's a part of my, 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 my bones. <laughs> um, and, and so I think, you know, doing activist work around gifted stuff is, a really dynamic part of what this movie hopes to do. But I think in, in you know, the older and wiser that I've gotten, you know, I'm really, you know, committed to keeping as many people in the room as we can. That's, that's a huge part of my goal. I mean, I love niche and specialized groups and discussions and, you know, we have to support those too, but, but, you know, we're the G word, <laughs> you know, we are the gifted movie. And, uh, 
mostly I want most people to kind of show up in the movie theaters or watch it on, you know, at home on their you know, favorite streaming service and, and see themselves a little bit in the movie. If it's not exactly their story, you know, and, and understand that, that intelligence and neurodiversity and all this stuff is, it's really related, relates to their lives and, and their own journeys. So, and, and yeah, empowerment is key. And we, we notice it, we notice these things in all the people we get to work with. Yeah, I'm thinking about Gifted Joy, and I have to say that so much of the work that I've been doing over the past few years has brought me so much joy. You know, building a community of people who are interested in this theory and who find mm. meaning in Dabrowski's constructs, and it's been really, it's been beautiful. And working with Emma for the last year, I mean, if you if you told me four years ago when I went to that workshop that you were doing in 2018 that... I'd be doing the podcast now with Emma. I don't think I would have believed it, but it's been one of the best decisions I ever made to do this because it's just, it really took me out of my comfort zone, you know, and got me mm -hmm. out like talking about it. And, and again, like feeling in community with everybody is, is very special. Well, I'm so happy. I mean, that's, you know, we're all on that kind of journey in our own way, in our own time. Right. And, and I actually think that when people take up the microphone and do something like podcasting, like that takes a real sense of empowerment in order to do that. You have to have a sense of self-efficacy and self-worth and believe that your voice is, you know, is going to add something to a very crowded, you know, cacophonous, you know, milieu of voices out there. And, and, and giftedness is no different from any other, any other topic or community. Like, like there's so many people who have something to say about it. Right. Um, and, and so having the, having the, the, the sense of courage, the sense of bravery, the sense of, you know, I'm the right person to grab hold of the mic. Um, I love that. I love it. You know, there's nothing more empowering. And, and I love all the people who are podcasting in this space. I love going on my power walks in San Francisco in the park and, you know, listening, listening to all of you just kind of, you know, fill my, my, my head and my heart with these ideas and these, you know, these voices. Um, it's, it's, it's been amazing to see that, you know, it, in some ways, Chris, I think you would agree. It has been, there is a, just an incredible number of people doing it and the diversity and the distinctiveness of all the voices is, is so important to what makes it all make sense for people. Um, because people have to have options. They have to be able to pick and choose and find their way through this stuff. And so with your podcast, you and Emma are, are providing uh, a place for people to convene around Jabrowski's theory. And so I think it's so meaningful. I mean, and you, you're fulfilling, you know, a real important vertical within all these discussions. And I think I, I'm sure you're seeing that, you know, that groundswell of people kind of, you know, leaning into it and being excited by it. And, and someone else will come up with the next gifted podcast. I can't even keep up with, you know, the numbers of folks and, and who are doing it. Um, Today, I, today I heard about one called the Gifted Place, <laughs> which I thought was really cute. So, kind of like the good, the Good Place TV show. It's the Gifted Place, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So I thought that was a cute name for a podcast about gifted. But, but I also think that you know what's been happening in an amazing way these last few years, alongside these empowerment narratives be, being really centered in the community, is the centering of neurodiversity and the understanding that this is a neurodiverse century. And that giftedness is a part of neurodiversity and that all these different exceptionalities that are in the room, you know, in the conversation about giftedness are a part of neurodiversity. And, and even the neurodiversity movement and communities are starting to be more welcoming of giftedness and understand that, 
that we're having the same conversation, the same larger set of conversations. And and that to me is something that I've leaned into very early with this film. I, you know, when I start, when I really discovered the concept of exceptionalities, you know, twice, thrice, multi, you know, and also potentialities, you know, um, I I really feel like that's when it clicked for me. Um, that there was, you know, something deeply intersectional going on with giftedness and that where our identities and our brains and our intelligence intersect with our lived experience. And, and that's intimately tied to our giftedness and our knowledges and our, our ways of understanding the world. Um, I'm a real believer in like lived experience and learned experience. And, you know, you see that a lot in the movie where educators understand, ah, if I don't think about a child's culture, <laughs> how can I really meet their needs right around giftedness and 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 culture is just the beginning place of, of who they are right there's so many aspects of identity that we that we occupy in our lives in, in the ways that we move through the world like i wear a lot of hats i'm jewish i'm hiv positive i you know i'm queer i'm married to a man i'm an activist i'm a filmmaker like like some of those things are race gender class sex categories some of those are things i call myself because i'm passionate about them or they're my profession or they're how I want to, you know, think about myself and in, in, in how I live and what I do, um, and so I don't think we can separate any of those things from, you know, my gifted journey. Um, and I think each person who leans into this stuff is is making sense of who they are in relationship to those things. And and it's the empowerment narrative and the eventual prospect of joy, you know, getting there <laughs> that I think propels us forward. Um, I, I I really. Uh, you know, this is my message to the world is like, don't, you know, if you can, don't stay stuck in trauma, try hard to not stay stuck in trauma. And it may, and, it, and it's meant in the most supportive, loving way that I say it, you know, because I know how hard that is. I have been that person. I had three years of my life where my life had to get very, very small because of illness. And, you know, when you, when you go to those dark places, you, you know, you, you have to learn how to, you know, get out of being stuck. And it's 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 the most amazing thing when you figure it out for yourself. I also think that you know, in terms of, I know this isn't exactly Dabrowski, but it it feels related to me. Is that one of the other aspects of giftedness that really resonated for me as I was doing my research and figuring out if I was the right person to make the movie was the concept of living with intensities and some of the concepts of overexcitabilities and seeing those aspects of myself, you know, um, you know, at different points in my life. Um, playing out and how those things are connected to my own, you know, past traumas and ancestral traumas. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I know it, I'm an, I'm a pretty intense person, you know, and, and my intensity, you know, when it, when it's working for me, it manifests as creativity, it manifests as leadership, it manifests as, you know, all the things that make it possible to be, you know, be a filmmaker and be an entrepreneurial filmmaker and help other people make their movies. Like, yeah, so yeah, the, the Dabrowski, you know, is a really interesting way to explain a lot of things that are coming up in this milieu. And um, I love it. I just love when there are words to explain things. It just, it, that is, that in of itself is empowering. This is what leads to joy. I think a lot of the stuff that you've just talked about, Mark, with you, particularly with intersectionality and, you know, developing all your hats this is what mm. he talked about when he was talking about you've got to develop all the dimensions of yourself or else you have asynchronous development and right. you, know, you said about a squillion podcasts out there with you know a squillion voices which is important because people have all these aspects 
to themselves, where if they begin to self-educate and develop all those things is what's eventually going to lead them towards joy because they're truly being authentic because all their aspects are being nurtured and developed rather than just like, you know, one or two. Um, and they get that broad palette of all the colours. And I think particularly for intense people or overexcitable people, I think it was Michelle Kane that we had on where she's talking about some people are working with an eight pack of emotional crayons, right? And the standard pack and other people have the deluxe 64 pack with the sharpener. And sometimes we're coloring with six crayons all at the same time. And I think that multidimensional development um, becomes even more important when you are a more intense person, because, you know, you're feeling those aspects of yourself so intensely and deeply. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, everything you just said there, you know, resonates with me very deeply. And I think we're constantly, you know, as intense people, you know, we are constantly trying to parse out how to, you know, feel whole in, you know, various ways around different aspects of our identities and our experience and how those things manifest in our behaviors. Um, and I, I feel like whatever it is out there that you find for yourself that helps you kind of, you know, feel that sense of calm or feel that sense of focus or feel that sense of being connected to, you know, who you are and even in, in all of your intensity, um, we, we have to, you know, create spaces for those things. And, and again, for me, it's, it's really, you know, I mean, even spaces like this, that where we get to talk about those things, that those things are going on for people and that we're not alone. Um, you know, it's deeply therapeutic, extremely important, and and absolutely how communities get built and developed over time. It's 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 how it's how that happens. And again, sharing stories. And sharing stories, exactly. And and like I say, you know, if I can sort of, you know, yell it from the rooftops, you know, storytelling belongs to everyone. You know, I'm this very lucky guy who gets to do this every day and call this my job and live a creative life. And, you know, I often say that, you know, like I didn't choose this life, this life choose me. I almost like I had no choice. Like I had to be an artist, right? That was sort of my calling. And, and I'm a very particular kind of artist because I'm an artist who likes, gets excited by helping other artists achieve their vision and dreams and goals. And so, but I feel like, everybody has the potential to be a storyteller and to find their voice and to let it manifest in ways that are positive for them and and help them through tra you know traumatic narratives and and that's my message to everyone tonight is that you know storytelling can be your friend it can be a way for you to explore and develop your voice and help you empower yourself and others to really make sense of all this complex identity stuff in the 21st century you know um there's a lot you know, all this stuff, you know, can be beautiful. It can be joyous. It can be, you know, the things that get us excited to wake up in the morning. And, and even as discrimination and stigma and prejudice and power structures are out there working against us to, you know, to, to love ourselves or to take pride in who we are or to celebrate who we are in all of our complexity. Um, when we find those spaces to do it, when we find those people and communal moments to share it, um, it is really, really important. And in, in fact, it's probably one of the more important things that I could advocate for as a filmmaker is that 
that we all have a stake in this thing called storytelling and creating it together. And, and so, you know, with that, I really hope that your audience will check us out, you know, and, and look at our GTN Awareness Week offerings. You know, maybe there's going to be something, you know, eclectically right there for you and one of your listeners out there who will connect with what we're trying to offer and, and let us know what you think and sort of how it manifested for you and sort of, you know, this is a virtuous cycle. Like we want to hear from our followers. We want to hear from our audiences. We want to hear what people think about what we're putting out there. And, and we have so much content. I mean, as, as Chris knows, I've, I've made short, you know, six short films along the way. I think she was speaking specifically about one that is called my family still calls me Gabby that focuses on one of our trans characters. And, but that's one of six short films that I've made while making this larger movie. And I do that as a filmmaker along the way. I mean, they the, these short films help me do so many things. I mean, they help with fundraising and they help with building out our enterprise, but they help me as an artist. They help me develop my filmmaking style, you know, choose the characters, the experts, the people I want to talk to, the you know, visual look and feel, the pacing, the editing, the, you know, the cinematography, all those things. So so people can watch those. It's almost an hour of programming and it's such a nice snapshot in, and where we, you get to drive, drop into different stories and different voices that are part of the, the larger, beautiful, diverse you know, milieu of gifted neurodiverse experiences and communities. And, and we have this thing called um, hashtag my gifted story where people can contribute their own photographs in a fun way. So check that out. And, and then we just have a lot of archive programming that I've talked about earlier that is just really... I think exemplar of how diverse and amazing this community is and how many amazing people are out there, you know, doing deep, important work. And, and our job as the GWAR enterprise, I think is just to try to shed, you know, shed a light on it, support it, amplify it, and at times, you know, center it. So, you know, other folks can be in the conversation. So so I invite people to join us on this journey. Um, we're, we're so much more than a movie. We are, we definitely are a movie and there will be a movie, I promise. <laughs> but we are supporting a movement um, around that movie and we wanna also be a, you know, a part of that movement. And we want you to, if you feel like this is something that you, know, you can connect with. So, so be in touch. Thanks so much for joining us, Mark. This has been wonderful. Oh, thank you, Chris. And thank you, thank you, Emma. It's been my treat. And um, yeah, I mean, I felt like we kind of went somewhere with, you know, the three-legged stool and, you know, all the things that kind of were, you know, we were, I was brainstorming with both of you about tonight. And so thanks for the time and space to do that. Thank you very much. Um, I th- I'm sure our listeners will get a whole lot out of this. And for our listeners, if you do want to check out any of Mark's short films or any of the resources, go to www.thegwordfilm.com com and you can check all that out and mark there better be a film because i want to watch it now so <laughs> well thank you don't yes. hold out i am not holding out i'm not holding out i'll just leave you with this you know that the the shorts you know are a beautiful expression of different parts of the movie it's the goal of putting together the larger 100 minute movie that is a big big project so uh, we're deep in it we're in the editing and it is a beautiful and wonderful and creative thing in my life and I'm, you know, seeing the finish line in the not too distant future. I'm, I've, I've stopped put, putting like specific dates out there because I want to sort of, you know, surprise myself with, you know, that moment when I, I feel like, yes, this is the movie. This is the cut that we, that's going to be the one that will, will be ready, ready for the world to experience. But we're, we're getting closer every week. Oh, we're looking forward to it. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mark. And thank you, Chris, as well, for joining me. 
always a pleasure. Thank you. It is always a pleasure. And thank you, listeners. We're really pleased that you joined us as well. Always pleased that you join us. And thank you for joining us for a whole year of podcasting. The Positive Disintegration Podcast is funded by the Dabrowski Centre. If you like what you've heard, please consider donating through the link in the show notes. And if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a rating or leave a review. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email positivedisintegration.pod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter or Instagram. And until next time, keep walking the path to your authentic self.